Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, episode number 119. Uh, Here we are today, and last week, last podcast, we started talking from our manual, uh, which we wrote several years ago, uh, going over some basics for caregivers. Uh, The qualities of a caregiver, an empathic, caring individual, uh, the stresses that they're under caring for either someone they love or a client, and the causes, the symptoms that can be uh, leading up to burnout. Mm-hmm. And at, near the end of our last podcast, 118, uh, we started talking about energy, both the energy that a caregiver gives and the energy that they can receive back, and that this becomes an exchange. And I have a feeling that this is an idea that not too many people are familiar with. And it's so important for caregivers to be aware of this because it leads directly, if they're not aware of it, to compassion fatigue and burnout that we discussed last time. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to take, Peter and I wanted to take a little more time today to go over this so that it's understandable. We don't want to be talking clinical talk. We want to be talking something that people can understand. We have been clinicians a long time. Yes, we cop to that. Okay. Um, but and that's our language, but that's not everybody else's. No, no, and, and your, your point has always been, as long as I've known you, that, that you have to get it down to earth. If people can't understand what you're saying, there's no point in saying it. And applying it, too, so they can apply it. What good is it? It makes us look smart, and what good is it if we don't help others? But, you know, I'm glad you're talking about it, because going back to our manual that we wrote and used for training, it's training me all over. Every time I look at it, it fascinates me and draws me in again. Because a lot of the things that we have now applied specifically to caregivers, frontline workers, because that's who we identify with. That's where our passion has become stronger and stronger, and that's who we are. We're not just clinicians anymore. We're caregivers just like any other person on the front lines. We've been dealing with death and dying and sickness, and the families are helping those that have been that are, are sick, and especially this last couple of years with COVID-19, but we used to, we've dealt with veterans and what their families go through taking care of them, and not always just physical, but folks that are having to live with uh, vets that come back with serious PTSD. And it's rough to live with a person that has post-traumatic stress. It is. They all, yeah. It is rough. Yeah. And they make life very hard and difficult and confusing for a lot of people who love them. It's they the do, they yeah. do without meaning to. No. It's just a fact. But they can do some damage. Yeah. And we, our heart has been with them, and it still is. But now that we're involved with the caregiving world, I mean, we deal with, we're dealing with all kinds of caregivers. Uh, we put together teams, our own, as well as for other families and, and loved ones, and it's growing exponentially. The need is growing. So I go back to our old clinical understanding of uh, how we learn to preserve ourselves in our work and what we had to become aware of and what we had to learn so we could be in this for the long haul. This is my 52nd year of doing this. And I'll be honest with you, I'm as motivated maybe more so today than I ever was because it feels so much more applicable to down-to-earth real needs. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm touched by it deeply, uh, the pain and the struggles and the suffering. It touches me deeply, believe me, and I have my own. So um, these podcasts now have something very special to them. They're not just geared toward clinicians. They're geared toward 
civilians, pedestrians, all of those that are facing very, very difficult um, relationships and um, situations that they have to give of themselves in ways that they never expected to have to do. And it's happening. We just, our latest statistics, there's 42 million unpaid caregivers and it's growing exponentially. So we're talking about something that's enormous. Um, we're seeing how people are being changed and families have been changed just with this COVID-19 dramatic epidemic. Um, it's touched us we've been, and, and, and we feel the pain. But I'll tell you what we also feel, that we have skills and we have understandings and empathy because of what we go through too, um, that we can help others. And that's why we reach out through the podcast now. We want to reach a lot more people and help them. And that's what, it was Lynn's legacy, my wife's legacy before she passed. We learned, we're learning so much. And it was changing our intellect to something of the heart that was so much more profound and deep than I ever could have imagined, no matter how much trauma I've ever dealt with, losing someone who I, I have loved and adored for 47 years. I still love her, her picture's over there, and I carry her deeply within my heart, and so do a lot of people in our town, not just at our institute. She was a beloved, inspiring, lovely woman. But anyway... Um, yeah, I think I know that energy uh, has been part of your training, part of your practice, part of your work, right. really from the beginning. It, and uh, that was almost like one of the one of the real uh, kind of somewhat unique or different approaches that you sought out in the beginning of recognizing the energy exchange in the body in terms of, of emotional health. Absolutely, and being a, a person that's more physical, not just intellectual, I would feel it. And um, I was drawn to changing my PhD once I realized that my clinical studies were not, were not going to include much about the body and I realized that's not going to work for me. And it's not really working for a lot of people that I see doing this. So I changed my PhD to something that would involve a lot more understanding about how the body's involved and, and how it takes on pain and how it holds it and how it creates contaminations in our behaviors and our our yeah. lives, but now... You're, and by pain, you're not talking about an injury to the body, you're talking about emotional pain. That can lead to physical, here's the thing, what we've learned about our beloved caregivers, especially our hospice brothers and sisters, I just talked to some people in Florida today that were involved in hospice. One of our favorite, my, she was on one of our podcasts. Oh, Tamar? Tamar, she got hurt, she was wearing down, I could see it, a gifted woman, and she hasn't been I haven't been able to reach her, people haven't been able to talk. She hurt her back, she went into surgery. Mm. She hasn't worked with them in, God, it's gotta be two and a half months. Oh, and we love her. Yeah. She's a very special woman. Yeah. And how many other very gifted hospice workers that we know? We know many who've retired and it's hard to tell sometimes what was motivating them to retire oh, yeah. and it could be just this. The exhaustion and their physical, it turns into a burnout and their bodies break down. So we know that what we're talking about is for real. And we have a way of preventing this from happening. We want to get it out there. We can do the work here at the Institute, but we want more people to become aware of what's happening to their bodies in their work. That means they've got to begin to tune in um, to their own bodies. They've got to know themselves. They've got to, um, I don't, you know, uh, it's, it's funny, in this work as a caregiver, it really forces us to look at ourselves, whether we like it or not, because it's so profoundly 
involving. Challenging, yes. And challenging. Mm -hmm. That we wind up coming in, uh, up against our own mental illnesses, maybe not an illness, but mental damage, psychic damage, trauma in our own lives, um, things that we had to do to survive ourselves, and what we did to adapt to survive, and the toll that it's taken, mm -hmm. and we weren't even aware of it anymore. It was so buried in our unconscious, in our bodies, we weren't even aware of it. Go become a caregiver and see how long it stays buried. It comes, it draws out like an old wound that's been festering. It draws it to the surface. We're dealing with Jenny's husband who's becoming more involved with the caregiving. He's, it's new for him. Sure enough, it's coming up for him and it would, for, well, we know about it because we've been doing it for years. He has it. Here it is. <clears throat> and it's inescapable. And would you say that the these emotions, these things we've buried and, and, and haven't come out, do they, is this energy? Is, this, is there's there an energy th there's part a to that? There's a trapped energy. In other words, normally, energy in our life, if we're in a normal self-regulated state, comes through us and moves through us and out, you know. But when you've been traumatized yourself, or you have pain in your own life, and you've had to protect yourself, your body will automatically um, begin to create armor and protection. And it pushes down these these old things that have happened to you, the energy, the trauma, whatever, it's in your body. God bless you, Steve. Our producer sneezing. He's, as they say in Yiddish, he's sneezing on, on the, the truth. truth. She's, you know, she's not Jewish, but you'd think she was. She talks more Yiddish than I do. That's what happens when you talk to my mother too much. Yes, yes. But anyway. Um, so we were talking about how these pushed down things is a restriction of energy. Absolutely. And then it doesn't flow anymore. It's buried deeper and deeper. Yeah. Let's say someone had to adapt because as a kid they were they were being treated in ways that were abusive or uh, their love was being used in a way to uh, manipulate them rather than love and nurture a child the way it should be. And the child builds these these pains in, within themselves and what they do is they know if they express it they're going to get clobbered. So they begin to bury it and they, it doesn't mean they aren't mad about it. It doesn't mean they don't resent it. It doesn't mean they don't feel the pain of it but they know they can't express it so it gets the energy, the experience gets pushed down inside them to a point where they don't even remember anymore, but their bodies do, mm -hmm. and they begin to have contaminated reactions in their life. So they don't just focus their behaviors in the present, the past is involved too. What happens though later in life, a lot of those buried emotions begin under certain circumstances to trigger off and begin to be brought up to the surface, and it's amazing how powerful so those things are. They're powerful. What is the, uh, I mean, why do you not want to have all these things buried in the, what happens when this energy gets stimulated and starts to come out? Do, what, is that a problem? What happens? It is a problem. And I, I, for one thing, it's when you're a caregiver, we are dealing with pain. We are dealing with current difficulties, so devastating difficulties. And what happens is it will stimulate pain, not just that we're dealing with pain in the present, it begins to challenge our old pain up to the surface. So we begin to overreact, or we begin to try to deaden it, or we begin to, things begin to get distorted. And the pain that we had in the past, as well as the pain of the work we're doing now, gets to be unbearable. And what do people begin to do? It's very common in the world of caregiving. They begin to self-medicate. They begin to drink. 
They begin to do things, dr do drugs. They begin to do a lot of things to try to quell the pain that's coming up instead of doing what we tell them and what we do, and that is get some help with it, deal with it. That's what we deal with at the Institute, and we clean out the old wounds. Mm -hmm. So the difference is they can deal with the pain in the present, which we have to as caregivers, but our own stuff isn't going to contaminate. If it gets triggered, and it can, we know that we later on we can put there's a we'll talk about this in the next episode push the pause button mm -hmm. and I do it all the time and so do you where we know from our our own bodies and our own energy and our own, we're aware that we've been triggered and our pain is familiar to us the constrictions in our body the sensations that go with it we're aware of it we know we can't hemorrhage it into the work we're doing but isn't that also I know you talked about um, people who might self-medicate, drink, or whatever to keep a lid on those painful emotions, but isn't it also true that people who do that have those things come up, they might just put them right out on somebody, uh, they might be impatient with the person they're caring for, they might, or worse. They might, and then they go, oh, I, I didn't want to do that, what we happened? See, and how much time, we have been called in as consultants for bad situations with caregivers who burn out, or are on the way to burnout. And the person they're taking care of or the family is desperate and they're terrified to lose the help of the caregiver. And yet the caregiver is beginning to lose it. So they'll either neglect the needs of the person they're taking care of and the person's helpless. They'll overreact and they'll get irritable or they'll get abusive. Um, they may regret it later and apologize, but they keep doing it enough. The caregivers get to a point where they can't. The, they can't, the caregiver can't stand it. The patient can't stand it. The client, the person. The family and it's a disaster. We've seen them where um, the caregivers will be drinking all day. We were called in on one of those. Yeah. And it wasn't that he started that way two or three years before, but he over a 24-7 kind of involvement with a very debilitated individual. It was a tough job. Yeah, and he couldn't take that. it anymore. No. So his pain was kind of came out, but he didn't know what to do with it. So he drank a lot. And then he began to neglect the care of someone who needed him desperately and leave the guy, I don't even want to describe how neglected he was. And when we saw it, we went, get rid of him. We, we didn't have time to be empathetic. We said, get him out of here quickly. We got to find somebody appropriate right away. The person that was being cared for was terrified because yeah, he had dependent dependent. on this individual. Mm -hmm. He would almost rather accept the abuse rather than not have any help at all. Mm -hmm. Of course, we took care of that but, and, and we made sure that didn't happen. But what we've learned is being a caregiver, being a first responder, firefighter, cop, nurses, we were really taking heavy hits to these doctors, um, really are burning out at a rate that is I've never seen before. And so they don't want to work anymore. They don't want to be part of it. Or they try to kill themselves or something terrible yeah. because they're old. they don't know how to deal with that old pain in these very devastating Along with the new, fresh, in the present exactly. stress and pain that they're taking And on. so they become either destructive to the patient or to themselves. To themselves. And we're seeing that, I would say it's an epidemic. Because I know hospitals can't even fill the needs that they have for their nurses. That's what we've been reading. And I've read that they offer these nurses like a lot of money. You know what my daughter-in-law said? Fine, but I don't want it. Not and me. she doesn't want to do it anymore. And she was a very committed nurse. She's uh, not alone. Yeah, and then she's not the only one. Yeah. So we've seen it a lot. We're seeing so many aberrations of people who come in with good intentions. They mean well. They really can be helpful for a while until their old energy, their old traumas, their old 
uh, restrictions that have been pushed down begin to get stimulated too much and they don't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So what happens is they get destructive. It begins to contaminate the behaviors. The other thing we always say too, and, and we're not at the end, but we're getting a little close, okay. is that even though these released old emotions along with the current emotional pain that comes in, even though it can be a, become a real problem, we also always stress that it can become an opportunity. The, good, the, the caregivers that are committed to growing and healing themselves. This is the truth. Mm -hmm. They seem to benefit by learning about themselves by going through this and then take corrective action for themselves. And they develop a resilience in the face of incredible trauma. I've been one of them. And so have I. And so, is you, so have you. Yeah. Now, how many people have we trained that stay at my side with the work? None. This is the one. And if you want to see a woman who who has courage and she makes, and when I say woman, I mean she makes the men and women who really have fallen away look like, excuse me, wimps. She has hung in there, but has she had to go through an awful lot. Working yes. with me anyway is hard. But it's also, uh, she's willing to face herself and is committed to growing and healing and improving and becoming the woman she's meant to be. And I will attest, it has worked. When we see one of her old ways, it doesn't fit anymore, and we look at it and go, for somebody else, it would, but my God, this doesn't fit you. You're so different than that. Because she has grown so much and is such an incredible caregiver and overseer of what we do. And that's what I wanted. I wanted the opportunity to work through old things and old pain and also to make a difference in the present. And you do. And you know what? The people that we want to help, they can do that too. They can do this too. Now here at the Institute and in our work absolutely is one of the most effective ways I know of getting through this and becoming a Jenny or more or, or me. But I'll tell you what, it needs to, there needs to almost be a revolutionary change in the world of caregivers in order to do this. We don't fit the mold, but we know what to do. We've helped thousands and thousands of people. We know what we're doing. And you know what? We want to take it out of the clinical framework and bring it down to the civilian or pedestrian one and go, we can help you too, and you can benefit and grow and become the person you're meant to be in the face of tremendous difficulties and losses and trauma. They we're not saying you won't feel the pain of the present. We're just saying the pain of your past won't contaminate and distort your behaviors and your actions and thoughts. You can correct it. If you don't, you're very limited on what you're going to be able to do. And frankly, we're seeing too many people go to the physical deterioration. And that really gets us. And then we're seeing it way too much for the people in the front lines. Yeah. That this goes, this will become a de physical deterioration. And sometimes we can't stop it. Yeah. So we want to prevent that from happening. Yes. Anything that we can do we're going to do any information that we can put together for you we're going to continue we're going to continue to do this and if you want to know more get in touch with us get in touch with Jenny uh, we are committed and passionate about supporting caregivers of all kinds helping the nurses the doctors firefighters you name it the cops mm -hmm. just lately we're talking yeah. to some of the cops that we are very good friends of ours yeah. so and and certainly the military yes and yes. we've dealt with Navy SEALs a lot, Marines primarily. But honestly, we wind up taking care of their families more than... We do that too. Yeah. yeah. 
So we will come back to this. Yep, we'll definitely. Be back to this. There's Thank a lot you. here. You bet. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is sponsored by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity. Their website is sctraumatreatment.org, where you can donate to help keep us on the air and on video. Our website is thesurvivorsguidetolife.com, where you'll see links to our YouTube channel and our different audio podcast outlets. Um, you can contact Peter and I at Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com, 707-781-3335. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Please like and share. And also please join us again Spotify. next time. Spotify. And Spotify. Yes, absolutely. Thank anyway, you. Anyway, take care of yourselves. All our best here. Whatever we can do, we're here for you.